the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, Join us when you hear this. I'll be in uh, Wisconsin with uh, our track team. Uh, competing against athletes from Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, and Dakotas uh, in the, with the top five at each event going on to represent our region at the Junior Olympics in, uh, at the University of Kansas uh, down in Lawrenceville, Kansas, later on this month. Uh, it's always been a, a great time for us as a family and also for us as a, as a ministry uh, watching these young people uh, work. You know, we have people on our team. Uh, shoot, from three years old all the way up, you know, little brothers and sisters, we let them work out with their older brothers and sisters. They don't really compete, but they uh, they get out there and, and they, they, they run and and because uh, they they see their big brothers and sisters doing it, and, and we try to create a family atmosphere. I was talking to my wife about uh, not so much as pleased with how everything may be going uh you know, administratively or from a fundraising perspective. But the one thing that, that I am pleased about is, is developing that family atmosphere amongst the families that are there and uh, and, and seeing those who, who have embraced those who don't have. You know, and, and that's what the that's what the kingdom is about. When you look at the book of Acts, you know, those who had plenty, you know, made sure that those who lacked weren't lacking. And uh and to see that, you know, nowadays in any kind of method or enforcement is just it's just a wonderful thing to see to see people step in and, um, you know, help cover kids who don't have the money to pay for the trip and, and, and do different things like that. It's just, it's just a wonder. And that, and that shows kingdom living and a good example and a good witness to our community. Uh, as always, like I said, you know, if you have anybody, you know, will be interested in a, a dynamic summer program for, for kids from reading all the way up to, uh, 15. Uh, we have, we have, I have seven in my junior high leadership group this year. There's, it's almost a record number, you know, because usually most kids when they're junior high, they, they want to lay in the bed and stay home uh, <laughs> all day, and their parents don't put them in a program. But uh, I have seven, and uh, and you know, and trying to get them to the point of, of of listening and learning and understanding what a leader is and how a leader operates, and and not just any leader, but a servant leader. You know, uh, the Bible based leadership is what we're coming at. You know, to, to look at the individual and not just go get so concerned with the group or other things that move us, but to really, really, really get out there and solve the problems of their generation. So that's, that's always fun. You know, every, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, I get to uh, teach. I get back in the saddle a couple of years outside of the saddle teaching that class. And, uh, you know, my, my junior high coordinator had to 
work this summer and uh, at a better band job. So I came out of retirement to, to take over the program for a little while. It's been, it's been fun. Well, today, you know, um, I'm going to venture down a road that uh, will probably make some nod their head and say, yes, that's what I say. And will make others say, you know, I, I really don't believe you, Pastor Joe. And um, and so, you know, in, in the fact that I am urban, there are certain things that go along. And as we said at the founding of the show in Isaiah 61, you know, the thing I like about the Bible is that its principles apply to everyone. And so, you know, even though we may be operating under the same principles, we don't necessarily operate under the same operating order, you know, because it, it looks different in different places. But the principles stay the same. The principles of God's word uh, stay the same. And uh, I like how Tony Evans would always say, you can't modify Christian. You can't have carnal Christian, urban Christian, suburban Christian, black Christian, white Christian. You know, Christian is Christian. <laughs> it's just Christian is Christian. You, you, you can't modify it. It's unmodifiable. Yeah, you know I mean, if you go down that road, you, you're going down a road, a road of error. But within the urban context, you know, you, you deal with certain things, uh, especially from a leadership perspective that that uh, others might not have to deal with. You know, if, if anybody understands uh, low income people are very honest, you know, they're very honest uh, people that tend to to uh, upper middle classes. They stay on up. They tend to hide their problems. They tend to get that facade of everything is all right and. Uh, they tend to go try to deal with their problems in another way, you know, whether it's whether it's uh, paying for therapy or going into rehab or something like that. But people from a low income perspective, they're very honest with where they're at. You know, I mean, they, they'll come up to me and just say things like, yeah, I blew all the money. I blew the rent money. I did this. I went out and got high or I gambled or something like that. Or I, I spent it on the wrong thing. And, you know, I mean, I, I know it's this and, you know, and then they're all like, man, I'm not feeling it. I want to get a divorce. I mean, they, they're very open. So. You find yourself a lot of times, and and uh, and and when you when you when you're ministering to in the low income spectrum, and especially in, in the urban spectrum, you find yourself doing a lot of counseling. You know, it's a it's a, a heavy load of, of of counseling, and people coming to you. I remember one day somebody called me up and said, uh, said uh, uh, you know, my my daughter cut her finger on something, and I want to know should I take her to the doctor or should I just clean and let it go. And I paused on the phone for a long time. Like, did she mean to call the nurse helpline? You know, <laughs> it's like, why are you asking me? You know, and then, and then a friend of mine said, he said, you know, before we was praying together, you know, he's a suburban guy. He said, man, I always say that the urban pastor is the closest thing to a Levite than you're ever going to see. Because people ask me about, House house repair, law, legal things, uh, all uh, business investments. They figure that you know, as the man of God, I must have the answer, you know. And uh, and and though you appreciate that openness and that that thing, at other times you just kind of kind of wonder, like, man, I don't need any more. I don't need anything else on my plate. I really don't want to know because once you know, you have to follow up. You know, if you come to me and tell me I'm struggling in this area, then I owe it upon myself to follow you up and say, hey, man, how's it going in that area? Or you know, or this, or, you know, a, you know, in family or with children or finances or whatever it may be. You know, sometimes I set an alarm to my phone to, to, to go off on certain people's payday so I can call them up and say, do I need to come get your check? Do, do I need, are you going to make it? You know, are you, 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 you're not going, you're not going to spend it. You're not going to go out there and waste it. I, you know, and, and so you find that extra bit, but at the same time, with that extra level of, of transparency and openness and responsibility that you bear, uh, the per dollar 
income per head doesn't equal what is out there. You know, as a friend of mine said, I mean, people, you guys say, oh, man, I have I have 60 people. He said, how much they bringing in? I said, this is what comes in. He said, man, you'd be bringing in more than that. I said, dude, I'm urban. I'm urban. I said, I said, ain't nobody out here making no, ain't nobody out here making six figures. Ain't nobody making 50000 They got one person in my church that make $50,000. I said, and the rest of them are all making 20000 or fixed income, uh, you know, uh, getting some kind of, you know, government supplement or something like that. I said, so, you know, we don't get that, that, that benefit of having that per head or getting in there. And and I, I say all that to, to, to walk up on my next subject is that, is that a lot of people have been uh, commenting and, and wondering about uh, all the rash of, of, of protests that, that, that emulate. And a lot of, especially African-Americans are, 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 are protesting about, you know, police shootings and, things like that and the relationship that goes there. And uh and, and I'ma tell you, I'm not I'm not ashamed of my age. I'm fifty eight years old. I was raised in Chicago, Illinois. And uh the Chicago Police Department prides itself on being the biggest gang in Chicago. And uh and so and I can tell you this that in my eighteen years that I lived there, I the only positive experience I ever had with the Chicago Police Department was when Officer Friendly would come to the school and hand out comic books and crayons. And they would talk to us, you know, if you're old enough to remember the officer-friendly programs that they used to have. And, and then, when, you know, and that was up good till I was about nine. Uh, once I got 10, you know, the the, the, the good times, they, they, they fell away. You know what I mean? And, weather, and, and our neighborhood was hard. You know, it was two miles square, two miles, you know, wide, two miles long, just a small little area. But in that small little area, we average three to four hundred murders a year, in that little bitty square. Uh, that's the area they now call Chirac. Uh, back when I was younger, uh, Chicago was experiencing eight to nine hundred murders a year. Now it's doing six to seven. So if you think Chicago is bad now, it was really off the chain in the mid to late seventies. Um, you know, and and of course Inglewood always carries the majority of, of those murders, even during a time when it was all white. It still carried the majority. Only the Capone days bumped Inglewood out of it. Something about Inglewood, the spirit that's over Inglewood, that uh, it just brings the violent part about it. And so I, I, I left school, and I, I mean, I left home and went to school with the college in Florida. Even worked in law enforcement for a little while, and on the federal level, and uh, you know, just got to be around different kind of people, different kind of agencies, and uh, and just seeing how things click. And, uh, and, but even as a, as a young man, you know, I remember one time I was driving from, uh, Texas to Florida, which I did a lot because, you know, I went to school in Florida and I go back for homecoming or go back to visit friends in Atlanta and then stop through Florida. But I go down I 10 and I remember one year I got stopped in Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, <laughs> Mississippi, and Florida got pulled over. Wasn't speeding, wasn't doing nothing. Just was a young black man. With Texas license plates driving down the highway, you know what I mean? And, you know, and wanted to look in my trunk. I thought I was transporting drugs or something like that, and I, and, and I, and I wasn't. You know, I was always say you can look in the trunk. One thing my trunk was Bibles, you know what I mean? You know, and uh, one year they were wrapped in cellophane, so the guy was like, "Can I open them?" I said, "You not only can open them, you could take one, brother." I said, "You can have a Bible," you know, and uh, you know, but you know, and sometimes they try to edge you on in Minneapolis, maybe one or two. You know, because I try to reach out and be nice to the officers in my 
neighborhood, but they had a lot of them had this jaded persona. They are a couple guys that are that are real open to the community. Come to find out, they were believers, and and uh, you know, they show up at community events and 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 do things well, and and I uh, and 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 I embrace those guys, even though the others, I guess they feel that they need a hard persona to be in our neighborhood or whatever it may be. But you know, it, it's not there. You know, what I mean, it's it's really. It's really not there, you know what I mean. And and if you having positive experience, man, I take my hat off to you. And 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 I can be a hothead, you know what I mean. I know people who know me, know me as a joker and everything like that and things like that. But you know, uh, you know, you know, as they say back in the day, you know, I didn't take nothing off nobody, police or nobody. And so sometimes, even as a Christian, I've had a couple experiences where they really try to egg me on and and bait me into some things. And, you know, it was hard, you know, and it, it, it was really, really hard. And so even with the with what happened in the Castile thing and the verdict and, and the young man being 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 shot like that, you know, me and my wife were talking and had to ask the question, you know, she just said, you know, what you do. But I, I raised my boys, you know, to learn how to deal with that, how to deflect that, you know, what I mean, what they can do and what they shouldn't do. And, and and I'm amazed at the number of people who say, just do what the officer tells you to do. That's not how I was raised. You know what I mean? Because if you, I, I, I'm not going to say it on air. You can call me and we got a personal conversation. But if you did what the officer tells you to do all the time, you'd be one burnt cookie. You know what I mean? And, I, you know, and that just that's just the honest reality. If one of them tells me to lay down, I'm not laying down. If I got to go, you got to get me standing up with my hands up. But I'm not laying down. I'm not turning my back. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 and why is that? It's because other officers or other people I had contact, you know, have burnt me before, have burnt people I know before. And, and because of that, you know, I'm burnt. You know what I mean? And I may be jaded. And, and I, I wouldn't be disrespectful. I will always stay respectful in that situation. But I can't put myself in a position of vulnerability and I, I'm not turning my back on no man. I, it's just just how it's going to go down, you know. What I mean, I, you know, I'm, uh, a few years ago, um, share a story with you uh, when we come back from the break about about uh, you know an encounter. You know, we 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 had my family, my whole family had that was kind of tragic. But in in my program with the kids that I work with, one year we brought in a police officer for our career day. And uh, and he came in and, you know, and then all these kids was doing the question and answer. That was the most popular question and answer period we've ever had. And so they were asking him all these questions and a lot of it revolved around drug busts. And so the officer just asked the kids, he said, how many of y'all have been involved in a drug raid? And there was about 50, 55 kids in the, in the room and Two-thirds of them raised their hand. Now, I don't know if you know what goes on in one. You know what I mean? The the the, the shot grenades, the flash grenades, the sounds, you know, the, the SWAT team running in, everybody thrown on the ground, handcuffed, guns to the head, the whole nine yards. And yet two-thirds of these kids under 12 have been in a drug raid. You know, and, and because obviously they stay in a house that was like that. And so if it was a relative or mom or dad that was doing it and they put their kids in this situation, you know what I mean? But they had experienced that. And and you talk about, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. When they say over 70 percent 
of urban kids probably have some form of PTSD because of what they've seen and the level of violence that goes on. And if you know what that does to our veterans, you know what it's doing to our community. And so, uh, you know, we're going to take a break. You listen to Isaiah 61, Pastor Joe Sutton of Spirit Lord Church in North Minneapolis. Uh, you listen to 980, The Mission. And uh, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, and I want to share a story with you, and, uh, and definitely we'll continue this conversation into the next week also. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. TheFishTwinCities.com is home to the best in today's Christian music. The best melodies. The top artists. And the greatest message. Listen on TheFishTwinCities.com and with the free mobile app. The Fish Twin Cities. Safe for the whole family. Hey, this is Pastor Joe Sutton coming at you this Saturday afternoon. Hope you're enjoying yourself out here. Don't complain about this weather because you know you're going to wish you had some heat in about four more months. <laughs> I just sit in the sun all day and soak it in. That's all I do. That's all I do. My kids get mad at me because I won't cut the air conditioning on or something like that or get get to go. And I was just like, I was like oh, no, man. I, I say we, we have to. We got to take advantage of these moments, man. You're going to need these memories in about four more months. So just just hold on tight. I was complaining the other day when it was 60 degrees. It's cold. It's cold. I said, you won't be saying that in four more months. You won't be saying that's cold. You'll be like praying for these moments to come back. I said, I've learned how to redeem the time. As Paul said, I learned how to be content. Yes, I've learned. I soak up as much sun as I can. But I want to share a story with you about along this line is, is that you know, it, 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 what makes in the, in the urban area and, and what makes it as a pastor in the urban area and person, someone who grew up in it and feel called to it and can see certain things. And I'm, I understand why police are given uh, the halo that they have, because, you know, you, you got one police officer for every thousand people and, and they know where they can keep peace. If, if people, if they feel they're going to be set up or can't do their job or can't react and, uh, and and that's all understood. But the, on the other side of the coin is the police department has to do a better job of, of screening the people that they bring in. And you got to let the good old boy network go. You know, if, if you don't view somebody as 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 worthy, or you view them as a lesser, or uh, they'll never amount to nothing. You know, what I mean that that then you you shouldn't be working in that area with people like that. That's just the bottom line. And and I don't, I, you know, you may. Say that's not there, but it's there. You know, it's it's there. You know, I mean, and, and even criminals know it. You know, I mean, you don't see the amount of crime in certain parts of the, of, a, of a city as you see in an urban context because they, they know if they get caught in the urban context, 
for the crime they did, they'd be out in six months or a year. If they did that exact same crime, say, in a high-income area, you know, they'd have the whole book thrown at them. They'd be under the bed. You know, I was reading an article about the guy who had all the bombs and was going to do a terrorist attack. He happened to be, you know, a white American. He got two years. But yet the Somali kids who was just planning to go somewhere, they got 10 years. You know what I mean? And so and I mean, when you look at the, the differential in, in crack cocaine versus powder cocaine, you know what I mean? And, you know, powder cocaine being an upper income thing, you know what I mean? I'm not even put it in a racial context. I'm put it as an upper income thing, and they get off light and crack cocaine being a lower income thing. They get the whole book thrown on them, and they, they're still in jail forever for some things. And so, you know, you know, we, we have a deal where we have problems and issues with race, but really, is it really race? We're all so mixed up anyway that none of us can claim a purity claim to anything. You know what I mean? You know, my last name is Sutton, and my mother's maiden name is Anderson. And that is not African. No way, way you slice it or cut it anyway. You know what I mean? I'm 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 Cherokee. I'm a quarter Cherokee. So it, it, how do you slice this pie? But income is pretty clear. You know, you drive into a neighborhood. There's a big sign that say houses starting at. If you ain't got what goes after the at, you ain't living here. You know what I mean? It's an economic thing. That's there. It's a reality that we face and something that we have. You got the money, you're there. If you don't, you're there. I mean, it's what made the O.J. thing so probably O.J. had the money to hire all attorneys. And, you know, and people still get mad. O.J. still paying the price for that. But one year, me and my family were coming back from Gatlinburg. And we went down there for a family vacation at Gatlinburg. And we were coming back. And I called my mom in Chicago. And I said, Mom, uh, we're, we're coming through. You know, we're going to spend the night there. Then get up in the morning and go into Minnesota. But uh, what you cooking? Because, you know, my mother's cooking is, like, world famous. And, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to drive to Chicago without stopping and getting something to eat, right? So she said, oh, what y'all want? I, you know, and so everybody was putting their little order in. You know, they love my mom's fried chicken and uh, everything like that. So she fried chicken. She fried fish. She fried pork chops, man. Oh, we ate good, man. Everybody was eating good, had fell asleep. And uh, and so something woke me up, and I, and I, I woke up. You know, I have this built-in alarm when trouble coming. You know what I mean? My friends used to love to take me with them because, I always avoided trouble. I knew I knew when to leave, when to go. And I so I woke up and I heard voices, but the voices sounded white. And I said, the first I thought it was just, you know, just crackheads out looking for the last fix before they go to, it was about six something in the morning looking for the last fix. But I said, those are white voices. There ain't no white people in this neighborhood. And I knew that could only mean one thing. So I looked out and I saw the S and I saw the W. So I knew it was SWAT. I knew they was about to come in and, and, and bust through my mom's door. And so I went up and opened the door because I didn't want them to break the door or the frame. So I opened the door and I opened the screen door and they told me step back from the door. They still used their little toy. I guess they had to use their toy, put a dent in the door, you know, and came in. They were shocked that the door was open. And, man, they threw them, they, they threw those uh, shock grenades and, and smoke, smoke grenades in the house. And they came through the basement door, the back door, and the front door at the same time. All I saw was, was M14s, M16s coming in the door, uh, you know, SWAT guys, you know, on the ground, on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. We're on the ground. We're doing everything like that. Uh, my mother's house is the farthest from a drug house that you ever want to see, right? And so so it's Easter time, right? My mother got cakes lined up. She got ham. She got everything, you know, what she's making. And and so here I got my kids with me. I got my great nieces with me. They got they getting guns pointed in their face. They're rounding my kids up out of bed. Everything, the whole nine yards, they, they zip tie me and my wife and all the adults, 
hands behind the back. So if I couldn't put my hands behind my back because I had so much fluid on me from from my kidney failure, and uh, and so we got to sit there and be interrogated. And man, and I I understood how my kids felt when that went on, man. And that was, you know, and you know to be belittled and called a drug dealer and the whole nine yards, only to realize that the person had gave them some bad information. That <laughs> my mother's house was not a drug house. They, you know, they said, tell us who's dealing. And so they said it was my brother out of this house. And, and, and when they, when the, when the supervisor came in and he saw the state of my mother's home, cause they started tearing it up and, they, and he made them stop. And he said this, he said this. And then the other thing, he looked up on the wall and he saw a picture of my, my, my number two son with George Bush. And he said, is that you? And he said, yeah. And he called everybody outside. He said, we, you know, we got bad info and they came in and, and they left. And, and, you know, we still had to restore my mother's house. My mother was in shock. You know what I mean? She was in shock the whole nine yards. They walk away. They don't pay for what they tore up. The law protects them. They don't pay for that person who gave them the bad information. You know what I mean? And, and I don't have to tell you how my kids and my family came out of that situation. They were jaded. Hey, this is Pastor Joe Sutton. And this is the Urban Pastors Response. Next week, we're going to talk about some solutions, and I'll wrap it up. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.